Good morning, this is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We're here every Saturday morning right here on News Talk 870. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, here we are in a new decade. Yes, Happy New Year and And, Happy New Decade and all that good stuff. And that is, I looked back at the outlines for the show. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm not any older, but I must be because the outlines went back to... Um, 2009. So, McKay, we, we made it an entire decade of, wow. of, of the show. I knew we'd been on the air for a while. <laughs> and I knew there was a lot of tomatoes thrown at us. But no, you I'm and I are kidding. the same age. I don't know. It's like a time warp in here. Yes. So, so, so I will take it. But welcome to 2020. And we're super excited to have been serving you, the listeners, for that past decade. And really looking forward to a brand new decade coming up and uh, we plan on being here the entire the entire decade again so yeah well it beats the alternative it, it beats the it beats the alternative well we always like to start off with our crazy celebrity real estate story and this one this one's fantastic so when i came across this one in variety i was like oh man and especially fitting because mckay what did um last week your aaron Rodgers pulled it off didn't he yes he did (laughs) and and so he has still got the arm and I, i think he was inspired by his purchase last month mm. and it looks like him and Danica Patrick uh-huh. per, um, picked up a 28 million dollar Malibu Villa Wow so in Malibu they they purchased a property it's that has has changed hands several times in fact reading this article it was like a soap opera of uh, of real estate. So originally, the property that they just purchased was sold in 2007 for $5 million. And that to a private equity guru, Blair Frank. And he then did a multi million dollar remodel on the property mm-hmm. and leased it to Janet Jackson who did her first televised interview following her brother's 2009 death. Uh-huh. Then, in 2017, he held on to the property. In 2017, he sold the property for $19 million Wow. After he had bought it in 07 for $5 million. He sold it to Hollywood Power Couple, the COO of Netflix, um, Ted Sarandos, and his uh, wife, mm-hmm. who was also um, Beverly Hills bred, the daughter of legendary music mo- mogul Clarence Avant. Okay. Then, months after they bought it, they decided they wanted to buy Ellen DeGeneres' property for $34 million, Wow. And they flipped that house for twenty million, um, which wasn't much more. Remind they paid nineteen million. They flipped it for twenty million to British pop star uh, Robbie Williams. 
Now, crazy enough, they did not keep the property very long. Hmm. And mind you, they only bought it in 2018 for $20 million and just sold to Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick for $28 million. Wow, that's a nice return on even your investment. After, yeah, even after real estate fees and taxes, uh, I mean, they're looking at like a $6 million profit on that. Wow. Now, the property is absolutely... In, I mean, incredible. It sits on a double lot, which even having a double lot in Malibu along that stretch is absolutely crazy. Um, it's got a guest house. Um, interestingly enough to note, with that guest house is additional parking for three exotic vehicles. Wow. Which, mind you, if you're Danica Patrick... Um, I think that a lot of fast vehicles is possibly go- are possibly going into that into that garage. Probably not a minivan. In fact, there was a quote from Danica, um, a famous quote that she had in there. Known, she said uh, in an in an article she did with FHM magazine. She says, "I use my horn more in one day." than most people do their whole lives. Wow. If I can make people know they're doing something wrong, then I've helped them. (laughs) (laughs) So she's a little sassy with her uh, driving, I think. Yeah, I would say so. And then any time an article, um, McKay, makes me learn something, I think it's been a success. So the description in here said that they can get down to the beach by using zigzagging staircase. Huh. Or it said they could use their private funicular. What is that? Okay. I okay, I'm so glad you asked that because I didn't know either. So um I had to look it up and said, what is a private funicular? Uh, well, it is a hillside tram. It's oh, like a little, it okay. looks like a little elevator. You get in this little booth um, and then you, you, you go down a set of like tram rails to, to the beach. So basically it's like the rich person's version of the easy stairs. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, most of right. us could so, only afford that. It, anyway, absolutely incredible. I thought, I thought we'd start off with a banger of a real estate story and um, I thought too in honor of Aaron Rodgers knocking it out. Um, that one just brought us into the new year. And we we, we picked up some new, some new vocabulary. There's mm-hmm. some real estate vocabulary that I'm not sure if Lance Kenmore in the Tri-Cities will ever need to use that in a property description. Yeah. But McKay, I hope I have to. Yeah, that'd be fun. That, that would be absolutely fun. So here we are, folks. And then kind of getting to our local real estate story welcoming you into this new decade of real estate in tri-cities so i wanted to start with an illustration about why i love real estate what happened in the last decade what was possible for people Uh and then say how can we help you execute that moving forward here in the tri-cities so i went back and did a little research and thought I would just start with an illustration of what was possible in the last decade in the Tri-Cities. Okay. So I went back and said, and said, okay, let's go back and pretend it's the end 
of 2009, the beginning of 2010. Okay. You decided to go into and invest in rentals. And in fact, you were pretty aggressive that year. You had saved up some money and you decided to buy four rentals that year in 2009. So I said, basically, I went back to what was the pricing like then for a three bedroom, two bath, your basic home, let's say in West Pasco, easy illustration because there was a lot of data. They they call them the, you know, the... 1092 Aho plan because it was 1,092 square feet. Uh-huh. You would have paid $135,000 each for those four rentals. Okay. And so that would have cost you in 2009 $540,000. Hmm. Now let's assume that because these were investment properties, you would have had to put 25% down. So in that scenario, you would have needed, you would have had to have in savings or maybe you used money out of retirement. You would have had a hundred and you would have needed a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars down and you would have borrowed four hundred and five thousand. Now, based upon what rents were back then, uh, I said, if you were being very, very aggressive, you could have put that on a 15 year note and cash flow, just barely cash flowed those properties. Okay. Fast forward now. Let's say you you went through that process. Vacancy rates have stayed extremely low throughout that time period. Fast forward now till today. You came back to me and said, "Lance, let's cash out." I am. We we bought those four a decade ago. Um, let's cash out now. Let's see what that looks like. So those four houses today, conservatively. Mm-hmm would sell for the four of them would sell for conservatively 940,000 and would have taken us less than 30 days to to probably liquidate those four if that's what somebody wanted to do in wow. that in that point now after selling fees and title and escrow your net on that would roughly be 860,000 Okay, so we have 860000 but we said we put those on a 15-year note. It's only been 10 years. So we've still, we owed 170000 We started okay. with four hundred and five. Our principal balance is now down, would, would be down to $170,000. So after the payoff, you would have had 690000 Mm. So that $135,000 you had in cash, you would have you would have turned into $690,000. Okay. Not too shabby. Yeah. For having four rental properties that yeah. were put into a property management portfolio, professionally managed. That's pretty good. Yeah, so that is just an illustration of one scenario of what could happen with execution in the real estate market. So that's what I wanted to talk about today was what did this illustration look like if I wanted to do that and execute a purchase in real estate and have that plan for this decade? Maybe you're listening to the show or you're starting to think about retirement or you're thinking about building wealth in real estate. What would have to happen for me to be able to execute on that plan that very, very 
realistic. Like I, that's a normal plan that we helped a number of people do. Okay. Um, and I've been doing this since, well, I've been licensed since 99. So yes, I'm that old. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, we, we, we had a number of investors that we helped in 07, 08, 09 in that time period mm-hmm. with this exact scenario. So it's, it's, it's an easily doable scenario for somebody that wants to put, put the effort in there. So the number one thing that I wrote down that you will need to be doing to execute that plan is I put, you have to have a focus on savings. Yes. It takes more than you think it will to purchase. And so what, why is that? Well, there's, there's always, there's closing costs involved in, in the, in the transaction. There's also the down payment in the scenario we gave before we had a 25% down payment factored into that. And then there's always, once you get into a home, there's always some of those things that you forget about. Like for instance, furnishings. You have now gone from a 750 square foot apartment to a 1200 square foot house. Well, there will be furnishings and there'll be more windows than you're used to. So there'll be blinds and there'll be appliances. So I always write down number one is a greater focus on savings. One of the things then people talk about like, well, that's hard to do. What kind of strategies, Lance, should I use to execute in that? Well, if you're looking at increasing your payment, let's say you've been used to paying 850 at your apartment or 1100, whatever the case may be, we can scale this accordingly. But if you're used to paying, we'll just use a round number like 1000 to make it easy. If you've been used to paying 1000 and you estimate that you're going to be going to a larger home or a house payment that would be around 1600 or 1700, well one strategy for those savings is to spend 12 months acting like you're making the $1700 a month payment and then taking that additional $700 a month and putting in a separate savings account. That way you get used to making the payment, you get used to what that looks like and if you can handle that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you generate savings for your closing costs and down payments. If you did that for 10 months, you would have $7,000 saved up to move forward with that purchase. Now, some people, I if you don't have a lot of self-control and you're looking for strategies to, mm-hmm. to do this, some people go as far as putting that money in another bank. Like if you do all of your online banking and and everything at one bank, Uh um, some people will see that money sitting in that account. And it's so easy online and on your phone nowadays to be like, oh, well, I need to do a little more shopping this month transfer. So they'll just transfer that. I mean, you hit one button and you can transfer that into your checking account. Well, it's usually it's a different story if, say, you put it in another bank that you do not sign up for online banking with. And you don't have as easy access you to You do the not money. have access to it. If you physically, it's amazing, if you physically have to drive over there and withdraw it and then move it to your other bank, a lot of people, by the time they start to drive over there and do that, will decide, nope, that's not what it's for. Yeah, and make the change. So, so that's just one strategy um, that we advocate. Strategy number two that we advocate. We see a lot of people do this, and that's increased income with side hustle. 
where you're like side yeah. hustle. Well, what's your side hustle? Well, for instance, some a number of people that we've helped that are really good at this is teachers are awesome at this. I've seen teachers that have, say, a lawn care business because during the summer months, they're off and when it's the busiest, they can do more lawns and they can do lawns after school or on the weekend. So I've seen teachers save an an amazingly large amount of money by having a side hustle like a lawn care business um, or a window or window washer, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. Um, And now you have people doing Uber driving on, on, on extra hours. And then I've also seen, you know, another example is I've seen people that buy cars and work on them and fix them up and then and then resell them. Not on a large scale, but it's a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And I've seen other people, um, teachers that go and work uh, harvest in the summer, uh, you know, for a farmer when they're when they're off. And so they use that to generate additional savings that they're then investing in real estate. And so as you can see from our previous example, we can see that turn into, well, in the case I gave over a half a million dollars within one day, within a 10 year period. So, so execution is what we're focusing on today. The very first tip we had was focusing on savings. When we come back from the break, we're going to go over a few more tips that will help you execute a half a million dollar strategy for this next decade. Right here on News Talk 870. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We've been talking this week about execution. I'm sure you're probably, you've seen all the Facebook ads and the Instagram ads, and you've probably been inundated with, you know, goal setting and weight loss and every possible iteration of that you can see. But really what it comes down to in the real estate world is looking at what's the plan and the execution to make that happen. We gave an illustration in the first segment about, you know, a very real life investor who had gone through a process of purchasing four rentals in the previous decade, having that within a scope of 10 years turning into, you know, over $600,000 of you know, cat available equity. Uh, and we even ran the numbers as if there was a sale and paying real estate fees and commissions. It was still a drastic, drastic amount. Now, we've had an unprecedented amount of appreciation the last three and a half years. Yes. Uh, but you can't guess when that's going to come, you know, to try to guess what that three year mark would look like. Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult proposition. If everybody could, um, then we would all be millionaires and we wouldn't have to, yeah. worry, to worry about. But we looked at really, it's fun as we move into a new decade to look like, what does that look like over a 10-year time frame? And then how does that how does that relate? So before the break, the number one tip we give is with this execution strategy is a focus on savings. The second thing that I wrote down is educating yourself on the market. And and that that's a big thing. I, I met with a client 
um, earlier in the week. Uh, we were around, and and so I was out. A friend of mine called, said I want to check out two houses, and he has a an adult son came with him, and and mm-hmm. you know we were walking through this house, looking at it, and the first thing that his son said to me is he's like he's like Lance, he's like your automatic updates. I, I don't think your alerts are working for me. And I was at first kind of taken aback, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" I said, "I'll double check as first thing as I get back to the office, or I'll log in on my phone here." What do you mean the alerts aren't working? He goes, "Well, I signed up for duplexes under two hundred fifty thousand, and your system hasn't sent me a thing." And I I started laughing and I said, well, I said, before we get crazy, it might not be that the system is broken. It might not be there is nothing Nothing available available with that criteria. So, And he was kind of joking around with me about it. But I wrote it down um, Mm -hmm. when it happened and said, I'm going to talk about this on the radio this week because what we were doing and what he was doing is he was educating himself about the market. He was saying, like, I'm not ready to buy right now, but I want to. And if this existed, I would probably pull the trigger on that. So so that's where he started. And so then him and I talked, and I'm like, well, what, let's adjust your criteria a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. go up a little bit. Let's throw in um, single family and look at that as a possibility. Um, but he knew then if something does pop up in that search criteria, another thing him and I talked about is like, hey, we're going to have to jump on that like first day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if if that pops up because it is so rare. It's a unicorn, actually. We might not see one, McKay, ever. <laughs> so, so we talked about that and just said, OK, let's adjust your criteria. But what he's doing is educating himself about the market. And those automatic alerts on our website, if you go to KenmoreTeam.com, you can sign up for automatic alerts. You can put in your criteria so that Mm -hmm. when something like that does hit the market, you get it automatically. In fact, a lot of times, if I'm at an appointment or doing a radio show, you'll see it before I do. And then you'll call me and drive by and text me and say, Lance, gosh, you know, while you were in there doing the radio show, this alert came up and this place looks great. We'll go check mm-hmm. it out afterwards. So that type of thing, I really feel like those automatic alerts are a great way to have education in the process. Another thing you can do is visit properties in person, drive by some of these, see what the condition looks like for the price. Go to some open houses, start to check out what people are getting a price per square foot, what people are getting for certain cities, for certain neighborhoods. So you start to educate yourself about the markets. And even sometimes even we'll end up going and looking at, we'll take our clients to under contract properties. Maybe it's sold the first day, mm-hmm. but you still want it. It would have been one you would have looked at and for one reason or another, you weren't available or you were at work and couldn't go see it. Let's still go check it out. Maybe that first sale falls through. Maybe we can put in a backup offer. But more importantly, we can get some education about what that looked like and why it went under contract so fast. So education is a huge one. That was the second one that I wrote down. The third thing that I wrote down, if you're looking to execute a purchase, whether you have an existing home you're selling and you're moving up or you're downsizing, keep your credit clean. 
That's the third thing that I wrote down. No missed payments. The best pricing on mortgages are going to go to the clients with the highest credit scores. So so that's a big one. And and a lot of times people ask, what's the simple things, the big ones you can do to keep credit clean? Well, number one that I mentioned, no missed payments. The second thing that I wrote down is you can't have high balances on your credit accounts. So for instance, if you have a $2,000 limit on a card, you want to keep that balance paid down below $1,000 because anything over 50% of the card's limit is Mm -hmm. going to be counting against you most likely. So it would be better to have, say you had two cards with $2,000 limits. Um, It would be better for your credit score to have less than a thousand or or just below on each card Mm -hmm. than it would to be have one maxed max nearly maxed out at the at the two thousand dollar rate so you definitely want to work on on keeping your credit clean in that same category i wrote down another way to definitely kill a sale or make your purchasing power for a house way less is to have a very high car payment if you don't want a house, get a really high car payment. Yeah, okay? get an expensive car. And so you you just have to make a decision in those situations, meaning that when, when you're looking to purchase a home, um, they are going to look very, very closely at everything in your financial life. Mm-hmm. Much more scrutiny and looking at then say when you go to get a car and you go to go to finance a car, um, you will have not near the level of scrutiny you would when you were purch- when you were purchasing a house. So yes. I, I would just say take a hard hard look at that because I've I've talked to numerous people. I talked to a couple this week that had bought an expensive RV and an, and an expensive car. In fact more expensive than they wanted to and now because of those payment levels they couldn't they buy can't. the house that they that they really that they really wanted yeah the house that they spend 90% of their time in versus a vehicle that or driving an, around or, or an RV that they were in a lot less so that is on my list there of keeping your credit clean Kind of a parlay onto that, but I think it deserves its own category. The next thing that I had written down for execution is get with a local lender. There are so many different loan types and processes out there. You know, we've had Mike Denslow on the show numerous times at Homebridge and have mm-hmm. heard him talk about what what goes on there and all the different programs. But getting to somebody that you can put a plan together for, it goes hand in hand. It goes right back to the number one that I talked about was focusing on savings. They're going to be able to tell you almost exactly what you need to have. If you say I'm purchasing, you know, I really want to look at a $350,000 home purchase. What am I going to need to have for that? They're going to be able to tell you what the closing costs are. They're going to be able to estimate what your down payment needs to be, what you qualify on. And then more importantly, too, is they're going to find likely any surprises. 
It's amazing the number of people that we talk to that are ready to go and purchase, but then they go to the lender and they find an old account that never got shut down that had been generating, you know, generating late payments or Mm -hmm. had been generating, you know, derogatory credit and they didn't know about or a judgment that they thought was discharged or no longer active was still reporting. So... The thing about it is those things take time to fix and you have to run that down and talk to the right people and it doesn't happen overnight. So if that's happening after you've written a contract on a house with the 45 day close, you are going to have a bad experience. You're going to be rushing. You could potentially lose the house. You could potentially mm-hmm. lose earnest money. These are the type of things that we want to have fixed prior to getting into the offer with, yes. with the clients. And so that's really my that's really the my top, you know, five items that you want to look at for executing on the purchase of a rental, investment property, or your next home. It it all of the same rules are are going to apply there. And really we want to see a tremendous amount of additional wealth created in this decade. As I looked back last year, I was so thankful for all the people we were able to help and and Mm -hmm. for all of the lives we were able to change by having investment in real estate and having wonderful houses that people now have almost, you know, paid off. And so it's just, it's been a fantastic ride. The last decade was amazing for us at the Kenmore team. We had we had a tremendous amount of growth with our clients at the same time. And I'm probably never been more excited about this next decade coming up and reproducing those results for our listeners. If you have any questions about real estate, your plans for 2020 or what you're doing, go to KenmoreTeam.com. Shoot me a message. We are super excited to be back and just just ready to rock and roll Mm -hmm. on a great schedule for 2020 and most importantly mckay light we'll be right back here next week right here on news talk 870